The Sikha we learned today is a, it's a famous talk, a fundamental talk of the Rebbe about Yubes Tammuz. But uh, this past Shabbos, I heard another uh, insight about this whole discussion in this Sikha, uh, which really is uh, transformative. Um, the Friedrich Rebbe said that he didn't know why he had to mention divine providence in the Mimer, he said Rosh Hashanah. The only reason he mentioned divine providence in the Mimer was because his father told him, uh, sorry, but because he mentioned divine providence, that um, that helped him, uh, that, that, that's the only reason he was able to survive imprisonment. Had he not mentioned it, he wouldn't have been able to survive imprisonment. So Volshansky, when he was here, he said that he saw the diary of the Friedrich Rebbe, and in the diary of the Friedrich Rebbe, that he said, that he, he, the Friedrich Rebbe writes, my father told me to mention two things in the Mimer, to mention divine providence, and that's a discussion of this, why he needed divine providence to survive imprisonment. And there's a second thing there. second thing there is, that the Rebbe, Rebbe Shabbat told him to mention another thing in the Mimer, which thing? Two people, two people are arguing, arguing over a talus, the Mishnah says, if two people are arguing over a talus, the talus should be divided. And while Shantav says, the same is also, let's say, you know someone has to do teshuva. And you know that this person could be influenced by, let's say, Yonatan Hamburger. So you go over to Yonatan Hamburger and say, Yonatan, uh, David has to do teshuva. So Yonatan goes over to David and, David and convinces David to do teshuva. So who gets a schus for the mitzvah? Do you get the schus for the mitzvah? Does Yonatan get the schus for the mitzvah? So while Shantav says, in this situation... You divide it. So the Rebbe Rashab told the Friedrich Rebbe to say this teaching by the Mimer because there's some kind of thing going on in heaven and they needed to have someone in this world to, to give this guy the, the merit that he needed. So therefore you should mention in the Mimer. So there's all these things going on in the Mimer of the Rebbe that we have no idea. So that's why I mentioned this thing. And he, and he told, Rebbe Wolshansky showed this to his father and his father said that the Hasidim were always wondering about that because it has nothing to do with the Mimer. The Mimer he said that year in Tafish Bazayin Nothing to do with that, that, that teaching, teaching of the Baal Shemtev. But, um, but that was, he, did, he only said it because he was instructed to, to do it by his father to help that person. So a lot of things going on in the Mimer, the Rebbe says, besides the actual content of the Mimer, there are things that are affected by the, the, the things that the Rebbe, the Rebbe mentions in the Mimer. So one of them is this concept of divine providence. Today we're going to learn with Hashem about, this, about the um, teaching of the Friedrich Rebbe uh, that he said, I would not have been survived, I would not have been able to survive the imprisonment had he wouldn't, if I wouldn't have mentioned divine providence in the Bible. So we need to understand something. We need to understand. The Baal Shem Tev did uh, bring in a whole new understanding, understanding to divine providence. What, what, what did he change? What did he innovate that wasn't known before? Before the Baal Shem Tev, there was also a concept of divine providence. He didn't invent, the, he didn't discover divine providence. Baal Shantiv, anyone know what, what's unique about Baal Shantiv's shita? No, you know. Personal science. Huh? Personal, like a personal science teacher. Mm. Not just a collective. Uh, Baal Shantiv. 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 Baal about divine providence specifically. Oh, divine providence. Well, Shantan taught that every single detail of inanimate objects, of animals and vegetation, are, are divine, divine providence. So, 
And especially, uh, now, that, that concept of divine providence for humans, that's something that everyone agreed to before, uh, without the Baal Shem Tov. And especially for the Jewish people, certainly there's divine providence. And for certainly for Jewish people who keep Torah mitzvahs, for sure, and how much more so talking about the leaders of the Jewish people, certainly there's divine providence. And if whatever happens to these leaders that affects the Jewish people, certainly there's the special attention of, of Hashem. So why did the Friedrich Rebbe need to call upon this, this idea of divine providence? He need to summon that idea in his mind to survive imprisonment. Divine providence was certainly present for him without the Baal Shem Tov's teaching. Just because he is a Jew, because he is a human, because, he is a, because he's a leader of the Jewish people, because whatever happens to him will, will affect all the Jewish people. The question is even greater. The Friedrich Rebbe's imprisonment affected Torah Mitzvah. He was the one who was responsible for the spreading of Yiddishkeit throughout, throughout Russia. So it's obvious that whatever has to do with the Torah Mitzvah has to do with the Friedrich Rebbe. So it's certainly connected to Hashem's desire and Hashem's attention. Hashem wants Torah Mitzvah. Hashem pays attention to Torah Mitzvah. So let's forget about who is doing Torah Mitzvah. The imprisonment is about Teremitsis. So certainly it's divine providence. Why does he need the teaching of Baal Shem Tov specifically to help him survive imprisonment? So the simple answer, you might say, that that's what the Friedrich Eber meant. Since he spoke about divine providence in the Mimer, so the Friedrich Eber felt that all the different, different things that he went through in the imprisonment were divine providence from Hashem, and therefore he was able to survive them. He was able to realize that whatever's happening to him is by Hashem's hand, and therefore he was able to survive. But that's completely not satisfying. Because that concept is not the concept of the Baal Shem Tov's divine providence. That's a different concept. That is about how, that concept is more, in the Hasidic lexicon, that concept is described as, no bad comes down from heaven. Uh, in Tanya, in chapter 11 of Gersh HaKadosh, the speaks about how to accept uh, joy, how, how to accept, accept painful things with joy. That's a different concept. Whatever Hashem does is for the good, and it's a higher good. That's another concept. It's not divine providence. So if the Friedrich meant that he's able to handle all these things because he knew that this is from Hashem's hand, he should have, he shouldn't have mentioned about Hashem of divine providence. He should have spoke about chapter 26 in Tanya. He should have spoke about chapter 11 in Gersh HaKadosh. I mean, the, the reason why, by the way, the Rebbe didn't need to have anything, any, anything to, to survive the pain that he, that he had, he didn't, he didn't need that concept, is because the Rebbe was completely devoted to Hashem and to Tehra Mitzvahs in a way that his own, his own life didn't matter. So it's understood that his physical pain couldn't, couldn't affect him in a way that he wouldn't be able to, that would be overwhelming. Because he didn't think about himself. So... So he didn't think it was bad. In other words, just like we know the story of Zusha Anapoli, that, that uh, the Baal Shem Tov once sent someone to him to help him understand how, how, to, how to survive bad things, how to survive pain. He went to Rav Zusha, and he saw Rav Zusha living in a miserable life. He said to Rav Zusha, how can you live like this? Baal Shem Tov said, I should learn from you how to accept pain. Rav was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have the best life that there is. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, so, so that, that's... That's the, 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 the same status that the, that the Rebbe is in. For him, there's no, there's no sense of, of self and feeling, so 
not, his not being overwhelmed by pain is natural. So, huh? could you restate that? You just said that his concept was uh, the divine providence refers to all inanimate creations. Yeah. So by inanimate, you're, you're talking about plant and animal too, or just the famous the famous line Rosh Hashanah says yeah. is that even when a, when a leaf is blowing in the wind. Yeah. It's also by divine providence, and it's divine providence why it's a, why the wind is blowing it, and what direction it's going in. So why did the Rebbe need it all to emphasize how he survived the pain in prison? If he has no sense of self at all, so, so what is there to talk about? The, the Alter Rebbe, when he was in prison, he, um, the Alter Rebbe said that the three hours after the imprisonment that he was suffering in the in the house of the of the uh, his detractor was harder than the entire imprisonment. Um, but while he was in imprisonment, um, the, the 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 entire imprisonment didn't bother him because he was with the Magad in the imprisonment. He was with the Baal Shemtiv, so. You can imagine that, that the Rebbe didn't have to um, um, that for the Friedrich Rebbe himself, he didn't mind staying there longer. If he was there with, with his father and the Marash, so he wouldn't mind hanging out over there. So, so what did these, these other guys are beating him up? He's, he's with Sadiqan. So the reason why he did have difficulty, and he, he needed some, some extra uh, Hasidus to help him survive it, the reason why it was difficult for him was because since the, the imprisonment uh, was a result of his um, spreading Yiddishkeit and Tera, so the truth is that it would, it, it, it would make sense for him to enjoy his imprisonment. The first time the Friedrich was in prison, actually, First time he was in prison was he was a child, and uh, he someone had attacked a, pol- a policeman had attacked a Jew and the Friedrich pushed the policeman, so the, Friedrich, so the policeman put the Friedrich in jail, and the Friedrich when he was in jail he was thinking that he should maybe say an extra he was a child, he maybe he should say extra prayers of, of supplication like Yom Kippur, because it, the, the Vidui prayers because he's in a difficult situation, then he said the opposite, he shouldn't say Tachlan. He shouldn't say Tachan because, because he, he was in prison, but Kodasik, all of his forebears were in prison for helping Yidin. So it, it, like a Rekiva had such joy that he was giving his life for Hashem. So, so, so the, the pain that, 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 he, that he had, um, did, it wasn't, wasn't personal. The, re, the reason why... why um, let's understand a little bit more about the Friedrich Rebbe. There's a difference between Avram Avinu and Rabbi Kiva. Yes, it's true, Bikiva had pleasure from his pain. Bikiva, when he was being, his skin was being combed by iron combs, uh, he was smiling. Um, and the students were wondering, why are you smiling? He said, I'm waiting my whole life. When can I finally give my life to Hashem? We say in Davin, with all your soul. Now I finally have a chance to give my life to Hashem. So that's Bikiva. Avram Avinu had a different way of serving Hashem. Avram Avinu wasn't interested in, in having the... The, uh, by the way, the Beis had a similar thing. Beis Yosef, he was taught Torah by an angel, and the uh, and the angel said to the Beis Yosef that um, you were not given the schus 
to die al Kiddush Hashem because of something that you did. You would have been given this tremendous merit of dying Kiddush Hashem, but you lost it because of uh, whatever, whatever reason you lost it. So there's something incredible about giving you such a great merit there is. The Gemara says that you cannot stand in the, no one can stand in the presence of the ten tzaddikim, who, who, like a Bekiva, who, who gave their lives al Kiddush Hashem who were killed by the Romans. And you can't stand, stand in their presence. So it's a really great virtue what they achieved. And Rekiva was very happy to give Hashem this great pleasure. And to be, and to be in that state of Messias Nefesh. Avram Avinu had a whole different way of serving Hashem. Avram Avinu didn't look for Messias Nefesh. Avram Avinu didn't care about Messias Nefesh. Avram Avinu lived with Messias Nefesh, but that wasn't his goal. Avram Avinu had one thing in mind. Hashem said, you should cause people to call out in the name of Hashem. As the Torah says, Vayikra Hashem Hashem Shem Avram called out the name of Hashem, and the Talmud says, don't read the word, and he called out, rather the word should be read, and he caused others to call out the name of Hashem. That's what his life was about. His life was about spreading the name of Hashem to others. If he needed to jump into a furnace to do that, okay, we'll do a furnace. If he needed to serve people, the Arabs that visited his tent, he needed to serve them steak, okay, we'll serve steak. It, it didn't matter to him what, what he had to do. He wasn't interested in, in himself. He wasn't interested in his own personal achievement and him getting something spiritual. He wanted just that Hashem's intent should be fulfilled. And that's also the same attitude that the Friedrich Rebbe, that's the way he lived, in the, in the, in the way of Avram Avinu. So his personal situation, he's in prison, he's not in prison, it didn't matter to him. He wasn't about sacrifice. He did sacrifice too. He wasn't about sacrifice. Rather, his mission was to spread Torah, to spread the Yiddishkeit, to spread the inner dimension of Torah. And he did that in a way that if that required sacrifice, he did sacrifice too. But that wasn't what he was about. So there's a similar uh, teaching that Ebra Hashab, that Ebra Hashab, uh, he was once with Reb Chaim Brisker, and they were trying to affect the Russian government to make some change in policy. And they were on, they were unsuccessful. And the Rechaim Brisker came to visit Rebbe Rashab, and he saw that Rebbe Rashab was crying. Rebbe Rashab was placed in house arrest because of the kind of chutzpahdika things that he said to the Russian government then. But Rechaim Brisker told the Rebbe Rashab, Lubavitch Rebbe, why are you upset? You did everything you could. Why are you crying? So Rebbe Rashab responded, but the, but the mission wasn't accomplished. The thing wasn't accomplished. And Rebbe once explained the Rebbe Rashab's words. He said, you could be an employee, and you're working all day, and you're, you're really working really very hard, and you did whatever you could, and you're done. But if you're the boss, it doesn't matter what you worked on. It doesn't matter your effort. You just want to make sure that the bottom line is affected. That, that, that's what your goal is. So for the Rebbe Hashab, it wasn't about what he did for the, 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 the mission. It was about that the mission should be accomplished. So the Friedrich Rebbe is the same way. His life wasn't about himself. It was about the mission. Since life is about the mission, there's absolutely no ego whatsoever. So why was, pain, why, why was this difficult for him? It was only difficult because of the challenge that this would, that this would affect his work. That the, the, the imprisonment could possibly hurt his work, as we, as we shall see. Yeah, we're going to see this tomorrow. How Al-Shanta's construct of Hashkach this construct is a word which means something which is false. But, uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, but, uh, yeah, the Hashanta's axiom. A divine providence. We will uh, learn tomorrow how that, uh, how, that uh, how this satisfied his his, uh, his his being disturbed by what about his work? How will his work not be affected? We shall see tomorrow, Tishan.